Miri, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us about Six Degrees. Um, I'm really excited to sort of learn about the company and sort of get into that. But before we do, let's start with your background uh, uh, and tell us how the story got started. Uh, thank you so much for having us in the event and I'm happy to, to share a little bit about our, about our journey. Uh, so my name is Miri Berger. I'm the CEO of Six Degrees. What we do is we create a device that enables uh, specifically individuals that lost use of their hands connect with anything smart, uh, computers, phones, and tablets uh, through analyzing motion. And so our story is really connected there. Uh, I met my husband uh, at 19, a month after his injury in the army as a paratrooper, uh, as he uh, found himself going through physical rehabilitation, surrounded by other people his age naturally, uh, that up to that point could do whatever they wanted and had the future open. Um, then now he was uh, struggling how he would get up up the stairs, where he would meet his friends, what he would do for employment, and so were the people around him. Um, and to and that really stuck with us. And we found that past physical rehab, there's also a social rehabilitation. Uh, and so, as I said, that was really early on. He wasn't my husband then. It was a month after his injury we just met. Uh, but coming from a family of physicians, uh, that really stuck with me, both the quality of life uh, and the medical aspects of, of need to regain function. Um, and that's kind of our origin story. So uh, moving on in the next 10 years, uh, I ended up, my professional background is I studied um, material design and material manufacturing and a variety of materials, uh, ceramics, glass, uh, stone carving, industrial design. I actually ended up uh, running the design section of a consultancy in Brooklyn just before uh, starting Six Degrees. As for Ari, uh, my, my husband, uh, so he, uh, and follow me here. He started out with doing biology because he always had the passion to work outside. He quickly realized that that couldn't be the case. Um, and so he transitioned into futures, uh, trading uh, stocks and, and futures. And basically from there, uh, a natural segue to electrical uh, engineering, where he ended up uh, running the innovation lab at NYU. Uh, he, in, in, that, in those years, he actually was in charge of forming two other startups. So this is a third startup as a, as a CTO. We both have history in, in the military and outside of the military running uh, and working with large teams. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's where we began. Uh, but as we were graduating, we found that uh, that need for digital communication, access, employment, uh, it was still there and was still very strong having um, a tight connection, both being Israeli and American, he's Israeli, American, and Canadian, uh, both oh, wow. having backgrounds in the, um, in the US military. Um, my, my father was in the Navy in the sixth fleet uh, as a physician. His uh, grandfather was in the infantry in the US. Uh, we were very connected to soldiers and wanted to start connecting them back to their social uh, abilities uh, or digital uh, life. And so that's how we were born. Wow, fantastic. What, what, a, what an amazing story. I, I, I want to dig into so many parts of that because uh, that it's such a varied background. Um, let's talk about the work that you guys did in New York um, uh, and uh, your husband uh, managing the innovation lab. I, I think that's huge. Tell me a little bit more about the type of work he was doing there. 
So that's a great question, uh, and, and I love going into this because it was so varied, and I ended up, uh, and we had our first daughter as he was innovating, um, running that oh, wow. innovation lab, so we got to experience it as a family. She was like a talking stick uh, <laughs> in the early days. Uh, but um, we, uh, he actually got to touch upon various technologies, uh, Bitcoin, and this was in like uh, 2013, putting him on credit cards and, and uh, communication, um, uh, 5G as it was coming out, showing different applic uh, applications on the electrical side or the te uh, technology um, um, minimum viable product, like the, the, the fact if you can create it and how fast you can create it and how viable or long lasting technologies would be working with uh, companies like AT&T, um, Verizon, and uh, private companies, uh, uh, you know, military and others, uh, and really a, a wide array of, of uh, technologies. So he was there to consult uh, for both the um, educational staff uh, and the uh, student body on how to make things go from idea or concept to fruition. Uh, and from and as from my background, it was the same uh, with the product or user experience. So someone would come with an idea, and we would rapidly, you know, make the MVP, but also see how sustainable it is in terms of manufacturing, uh, how long that would last, how fast they would need to iterate in order to keep up, and so on. So we really were uh, syn synergists in, in that that form. That's fantastic, fantastic. And also let's talk a little bit more about the military background because I think that's a very important part of Six Degrees. Um, tell us about your husband's injury and if you don't mind, and, and uh, what the recovery was like and how sort of this problem really came into focus for you guys. Yeah, uh, so I'll share what I can. So in, in the Israeli military, you don't talk about it, but uh, um, basically okay. in terms of the experience, um, we, uh, were, uh, he, he was closer to it, but uh, uh, you find a lot of times that people that sustain an injury, they are not the only one driven to find a solution. Um, and normally solutions are not um, enough. Like the solution for today you're gonna keep finding for a better one for tomorrow and the next year and the next decade after that. So people are in a constant search, but it's not only the person that got injured, it's also their surroundings. So their, um, their brothers, sisters, parents, spouse, uh, that keep searching for uh, something else you'll keep getting, you know, today it's WhatsApps or messages on, have you heard about this study? Uh, did you try this trial? Have you seen this device? Um, and so, for his experience, he got injured early on in the in the military service, um, nearly completing uh, the full training for for combat, um, and so he found himself with a lot a lot of a younger group. Um, but you see people going through just amazing stories of of um, you know needing to keep self endurance through treatment, not losing faith. Um, Things as simple as learning how to eat again or hold a fork, uh, and then you know once you're done with that and you can you can function, let's say with your hands, you have to figure out how you're gonna complete a statistics test at in university, explaining how a graph looks to someone who doesn't do graphs uh, without the ability to draw one. Um, you know, right. or people that uh, need to you know have a family now want to support that family and now need to figure out what kind of jobs can I apply to and how do they kind of uh, go in stream with my personality or my other wants. Like I said, you wanted to work outside and um, and you know not being able to walk in the beginning is is kind of a hindrance. Um, 
and, and, and being in an open space, uh, especially right. like a, um, a, f a farming area or, or something like that. So, right. uh, or, or marine biology, which he was doing. Uh, so there are a lot of uh, things that kind of uh, cra clash and either you find a solution that'll, you know, make you push harder or you veer. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a lot of problem solving. Um, and so we, we got a lot of our introductions, like we had uh, targeted this for people with amputation and they would say, well, my cousin has uh, a severe nerve injury, um, not an amputation, can he use this as well? My brother has paralysis. Um, he can only move one finger, but his arm, can he use this as well? My friend or my neighbor has MS and uh, she can't answer the phone while she's walking because it'll take her out of her rhythm. Right. Can this work for her? We find people that are not, um, and, and this is a very tight-knit community for the accessibility side. Uh, you'll have people with other um, disabilities like visual disabilities or uh, auditory disabilities that come and say, well, since you're in this space, can you help me as well? So it's a very, like the, the circles keep expanding and that was our personal experience, but also we see it echoing in, in you know, the people that we talk to um, outside. Absolutely. They, it's, this uh, no. This seems like such an important need that your your uh, problem that you're solving for. So that that's fantastic. Um, let's talk about sort of how this actually the six degrees idea got started because now you're talking about uh, a physical device, a wearable essentially, um, that can sense the motion of. It may not be full motion, right? So walk us through the actual product and how that first vision came into focus. Great, um, just one second. Yep. I'm gonna go back to it. Sorry. Uh, okay, so uh, as, as in terms of creating the product, uh, we started out with uh, one person, as people normally do, a lot of great things were invented just by the need of one person. Yep. Uh, and so, for us, it was uh, the need arised again when I was in school. I had a, a teacher that was a, a, an amputee. Uh, I was in a design class. As I said, I was running the innovation lab. And this teacher was teaching us CAD computer modeling, but was not using um, a mouse. He was alternating with, oh, sorry, not using a mouse with the amputated side, although he had a work prosthetic, a heart prosthetic that was, that is the simplest, but also most functional in the physical world. Uh, it couldn't access the, the digital one. So he was alternating with his natural or non-dominant one between the keyboard and the, and the mouse. And so the first solution was specifically for him, set on his prosthetic, uh, allowed him to use that prosthetic as a mouse that you can click. Um, but as I said, we had more and more people. Uh, we, also, we did two things. We asked people when we came to Israel or when we met soldiers uh, that were um, going through re rehab, as I said, we were close to uh, to it on both sides, uh, if, if they want a device or if such a device would help. Uh, and they brought other people in, they brought people with uh, stroke paralysis, with cerebral palsy, um, with other afflictions other than uh, amputation to see if this could help. And it very quickly became, you know, from, from a wearable on one prosthetic to, uh, to a wearable device that, that's more like a watch. It can sit on your um, wrist, on your upper arm or on your leg analyze your motion within five minutes through an embedded algorithm and then quickly translate that motion uh, after pairing via Bluetooth. So without installing anything, it's a plug and play. You, you could connect via Bluetooth to your phone. 
uh, and it'll translate your ability of motion, your range of motion to what the phone will see as a finger touching the screen, allowing you to zoom in, zoom out, click, edit photos and so on, draw. Uh, and if you have a singular motion like a circle, you could switch from your phone to your computer, turning it into a cursor, allowing you to right click, left click, drag, use your um, visual keyboard um, and, and do many other things that you do with a mouse keyboard combo. Uh, and then you could have another motion and have it pair again as a plug and play to your Oculus and allow you to use it as a controller to play again, translating the same motion that you used on the phone and the computer, which is your able motion to uh, what that Oculus would see as a game controller. Um, so translating those motions into the the buttons or the uh, joystick allowing you to play games. And that's kind of our acceleration there. Um, and so as we were in uh, rehabilitation centers, naturally meeting a lot of people, uh, we were asked by, by the medical professionals if they could see what's going on in the device. Since it analyzes the motion, it looks at the delta, the change between where you started, what is your baseline, and where you are now. Uh, and through that, it filters out tremor or enhances limited motion, but they wanted us to visualize that data to kind of encourage rehabilitation. Um, and so now we're working on an upgraded platform that not only allows you control over smart devices, but also to see how the change is affected. Um, and this could be positive or negative change depending on, on the physical standing of the user, uh, but it's still a way to visualize and communicate what's going on uh, and so we are now tar uh, routing this uh, device, which was formerly an assistive device only, into the rehabilitation realm with our partners. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, again, just to understand the, the physical uh, uh, sort of need, um, if someone either doesn't have an arm or doesn't have a wrist or something to that effect, so they're an amputee, or even if they just don't have the, the uh, neural control, in their arms now they can wear this uh, above that uh, that that point and essentially use uh, um, uh, the, you know use that motion to control a mouse so I, I think that's a that's that's huge um, and, and you said the pairing only takes about five minutes talk to us a little bit more about that pairing process how that and you know how that translates over uh, multiple devices uh, wonderful, and thank you for, for repeating that, the, uh, the use case. And basically, yep. uh, I'll, ju I'll just stay with a baseline. So in, in the medical world, you can look at ability and you can look at condition. So in terms of ability, we're looking at people that have motion. It could be limited motion or very wide motion. So um, something as small as a, as, uh, as, some, as a motion on a joystick for a, a wheelchair uh, control as wide as something for someone with an amputation that only has a wide um, range. Uh, so that would be the ability side. On the disability um, or, the, um, or the medical condition, that is a way of basically just gathering numbers of um, what populations could apply, kind of uh, fortifying the size of the market. Uh, but it's not the way that we look at our user. We basically say, if you have motion and we can read that motion, then we allow you the control. In terms of numbers, uh, we uh, apply for people as for things as, as simple as your, um, carpal tunnel syndrome from excessive work uh, to something as complicated as a, as a spinal cord injury up to C6, C7 or a neurodegenerative disease such as, um, such as multiple sclerosis uh, or even ALS in the early uh, onset. So it's, it's a wide range of um, 
of, you know, character, characterized users, but basically um, we look at the ability in terms of function. Uh, and so in, in, to address the pairing side, uh, so yeah. onboarding, you the device, um, you open the box, there is a choice of a, a wide uh, band that will fit your lower limb, uh, your leg or your upper arm, and a narrow band that would fit your wrist. Uh, and it doesn't have to actually touch you in order to work. It just needs to be situated uh, either on a prosthetic, on clothing, underneath. We, it, it's, it's the same. As long as you can move that limb, we can read that motion. So you put it on, turn it on. Uh, it's on sleep mode similar to, say, uh, a Bluetooth speaker. It's always on, right? <laughs> Once right. it starts moving, it analyzes the fact that it's, uh, that it's being used. Uh, it asks you to pair with a computer, put in a code. Uh, then you play a game. Uh, so within five to seven minutes of playing that game, we ask you to do simple motions like, uh, let's say, uh, go through a, a, a maze to analyze right, left, up, down motion, uh, and repeat two, a minimum of two motions that you can uh, do consistently, which is uh, more applicable for people with involuntary uh, motion or uncontrolled, like, um, you know, that, uh, that can't really control the, the precision of that motion. So we ask them to repeat two motions at least. Uh, those two motions will allow you to function fully on one device as a cursor or a finger. Uh, and, and so if you have a third option, a third motion, you can use that as a shortcut or as a way to jump between devices um, or as a, a sub-menu, let's say. Uh, so within that five to seven minutes, we ask you to play a game using uh, those motions, repeating those motions. That basically goes into the algorithm, creates a baseline, and if you think about it, it's kind of like a DJ scale where we put all the weights um, in the correct uh, form, uh, give you your sleep number, your motion number, right? Uh, right. And then uh, from that point on, what we look at is the slight change in that DJ scale, like seeing um, if, there, if it's going up and down, then we know that you have tremor to be very simplistic. Um, if you right. can only move this range, then this range is the entire screen. Uh, you know, to that motion sideways the same. Right. And we keep learning and putting that data in and building that algorithm specifically to you. And again, this is all embedded. It doesn't require an app. So the analysis happens inside our device. When you charge it, it goes up to the cloud, uh, gathers the data, it can visualize the data to you. We're working on the cloud system right now, so it doesn't fully visualize it, but internally, internally we do it. Uh, right. And so, um, and so you're not reliant on outside references and outside devices in order to keep that personal motion um, and traction uh, stored. That's this so, is fantastic. Yeah. This can be yeah such a useful tool for someone who who sort of struggles with uh, you know uh, touching a screen or moving a mouse. So that that's fantastic. Um, now let, let's go back to your story a little bit. Uh, you guys obviously started out in New York. We talked uh, talked about the Innovation Lab at NYU, uh, but then uh, when you when this really started moving, this project, um, you ended up moving to uh, Israel. Uh, tell us about sort of what the motivation there was and uh, what sort of drew you to uh, to Israel. So um, that's that's a lovely question. It always makes me smile thinking back. So we uh, we were in New York. Uh, we decided that we want to pursue this. We even applied for patents uh, on our personal name before we founded the company. We just said, you know, we have an idea. It seems valid. Nobody else is doing it. Let's let's protect it in some way. Um, we had that yep. former 
experience. So that happened early on. Uh, and then we were trying to find a way to, um, to create a social business, which was uh, not a very uh, expanded term. In, when, in uh, 2017, when we found the company uh, in Israel, businesses were either, it was either social, which meant you were uh, reliant on, um, on donations, on foundation uh, work, or it was a business, meaning you uh, sold uh, product and had revenue and it was all um, the, um, the economic side of it. And we wanted to basically, you know, do what many people were doing at that time, uh, but we're not, it wasn't a big uh, investable um, uh, field. They were either, people would either invest or promote businesses that were um, for uh, profit or they would donate uh, for charitable effects and we we're kind of in the middle. Uh, we went to Israel, we went to a, a place called uh, Betis Shapiro, which is um, a special center for children that are born with uh, severe physical uh, disabilities, such as CP and so on. Um, and they really get a holistic uh, approach and they connected us to bigger businesses such as SAP, Microsoft, that were currently supporting startups, um, promoting social businesses. So right. we saw Israel had developers, uh, they had um, that idea in mind. And so we took two uh, pieces of luggage, two kids, left our apartment even full. We ended up moving it a year later. Uh, and we came back to Israel as we grew up here. Uh, and we started the business, we formed it in June uh, 17, uh, right when we got into Mass Challenge, uh, which we eventually won in Jerusalem. Uh, we won that, right. the cohort. Uh, and. Uh, we ran the activity ourselves with no outside funding until the beginning of 2019, uh, where we decided that's it. We, we have a, a good alpha. We have good feedback. Uh, we want to hire a team and grow this as a business. And that's where we really started running uh, or activating the, uh, the, you know, the named uh, form body, which was six times. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so now let's sort of move forward in that timeline. You're, you're up to 2017. Uh, you have an MVP, essentially an alpha. Uh, uh, how did you progress and uh, what, what were sort of that, those initial challenges that you had to overcome? Uh, so um, d doing this, running a business um, in the social aspect, we had to figure out um, the, the merging of the social uh, canvas and, and the business canvas together. Uh, really yep. did a mapping of all the organizations that we could talk to and how we could grow this out. And um, we already had a, a, a very, very early working product. Uh, so we took those funds that we won from Mass Challenge, uh, hired um, uh, researchers from Bethesda Shapiro to, to kind of um, make questionnaires, guide us through how to do alpha, uh, alpha pilot with uh, people at their home, you know, with home visits or how to invite them and, and still be detached in terms of questioning and, and so on to kind of investigate the product. Uh, and so we took those funds from the winning and, and put that into the alpha. We made a few devices and this is, you know, 3D printer uh, because I had a relative <laughs> that, uh, that had a MakerBot and then uh, right. Ari was fluttering uh, 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 a lot of very small electronics by hand and we would quickly iterate prototype and, and create some some products that people could use uh, some early MVPs uh, we got that validation we learned that in the beginning all the products that were out there were more about function like um, let me communicate let me have a voice um, and 
as we were doing the alpha, we learned people want to do more. They want to play. They want to have fun. Uh, and so we looked at uh, the products out there, and they were either targeted towards gaming specifically, or towards computer use specifically, or towards um, phone. And, and we were already in the end of 2016 in this environment where people were, sorry, 2017, in this environment where people were transitioning uh, throughout the day, right? They had their phone, they had their computer for work. Right. Maybe they play their Xbox, um, at least in Israel. Uh, and, um, and we knew that the market could be bigger um, and the licensing could be bigger. And that really led us to um, kind of um, basically into one of our patents that we applied for. Fantastic. Um, so it, it, it seems like it, it seems like you're also building out a pretty large pa patent portfolio, not pretty large, but at least a handful of patents. Uh, talk to us about those patents and uh, um, what what are uh, what are sort of the functionalities or, or, or features that are covered under those. Um, great. So, thank you for bringing it up again. So, um, basically, we started out with the function. So, our first patent family, our first BCT, talks about the fact that we can communicate um, without any any you know independently in communicating with uh, phones computer tablets just by using motion uh, so with uh, digital devices just through motion uh, at the time that we uh, started it there were there weren't really um, the, the only applica applications of um, motion to control or the the leading ones were more uh, like the Wii. Um, the the fact that you right. could have a camera look at you or Tubi, which is another company for for the assistive application a camera would look at you, analyze an image, and then give you feedback. Uh, and so we wanted to do this embedded in the device, and we had to patent the way that we have that communication. So that was the first family. The second, so that was this is the only one hardware dependent or hardware related. Um, and it's not specific hardware, it's more the type of hardware that you would use in order to store the data, um, relay the information, and be able to agnostically control a, a wide range of um, of a digital family. Uh, and so we move from there to our second one, uh, second BCT, which talks more about the different applications that you could use this device. And to give you an idea, you could, um, we didn't only see this, I mean, we were building it in a world uh, for people that have lost their fine motor skills, but we saw the applications as much wider. Uh, so voice was already around and we saw this as a great complement to voice. Where you you know with a, with a voice you could do A to B commands like open this go there find X and then that that yeah. happens uh, and so with us we were talking more about free form like the draw drawing playing things that are more um, integrated and also the feedback loop that you can get from those so we were imagining this in places like stent labs in sports in tracking say swimming um, and giving feedback on you know on how close you are to another swimmer how close you are to keeping your form of motion um, from, a, from an earlier swim, for example. Uh, and then the third one talks more about the personalized aspect. Uh, so the fact that uh, devices out there, um, such as um, activity trackers that uh, track, let's say, the number of steps, they take your height, extrapolate the gait, meaning the, the width of the step, and, um, right. and then they, they extrapolate it from, a, from like a mass uh, formula. Uh, and what we wanted to do was more address because we were working with a population that needed specific needs or specific, uh, you know, tweaks or assistance in order to make devices that they get work. Uh, then we wanted to kind of create 
uh, personalized sections within the code or within the algorithm in order to better fit the user the more they use the device. Uh, and so that algorithm, the methodology behind it, the, the thought behind it, the math behind it, not the actual code, but uh, you know, the, the right. premise is, is our third patent. Fantastic. This, this is a fantastic portfolio. So uh, I'm, I'm already getting excited. Um, now talk to us about where you are today. Um, where, uh, uh, how many uh, devices do you actually have in the wild? How many people are actually using it? Um, and, and what kind of feedback are you getting? Um, so today I'm happy to say that we're running, we have two partners that we're working with. One is the municipality of Tel Aviv, uh, the offices I'm in right now. Uh, and so within the municipality, we partnered with them not only as a, as a place to sit and uh, expand the idea for um, government applications, but also uh, we're partnered with them to open up positions, employment positions that were formerly not accessible to people that have lost their fine motor skills from things as simple as carpal tunnel syndrome, let's say. Uh, now I can't use a keyboard to type, I can't use my mouse, so I can't do office work. Um, and so we wanna open a position for office work uh, in the municipality that was formerly unaccessible. And they're partnered with us to kind of source the, the right people and grow that application, get feedback from the users, run this for at least a month and maybe apply this to um, to the equivalent of the VA here or um, or the, social health uh, system here um, as, as, a, as a baseline. Uh, and we're actually surrounded by great companies like, like City and Teva and other big you know, giants like right across the street. So um, with that feedback, we can, we can grow to a, a larger corporate um, application for, for employment. So, and then our second partner uh, is on the health aspect on the Delta that I mentioned before. Uh, so we're partnered with Sheba Hospital, one of the 10 leading rehabilitation hospitals in the world, and showing the efficacy of using our device in conjunction with virtual reality gaming uh, as a form of treatment, self-endurance uh, for that treatment, and, communi and remote communication uh, with patients. So more simply, we are putting our device, uh, two devices, one on a lower limb, an amputated leg, and one on a whole leg under the knee. People have a VR gear situated, uh, you know, on their head in front of them, and so now they're immersed in a virtual world. Uh, our device pairs to that VR, and we made a soccer game where you you start it, and uh, as I said, these are people with amputation, phantom limb pain. They look down, their legs are there. Um, they wow. it's a soccer game, so when the ball is coming at you, you can kick just with your motion. You'll see a full leg kicking. When you hit the ball, you feel haptic feedback. Uh, so real tremor, you see it happening, hear it happening, and, and that's a way, a form to treat phantom limb pain. And what we're looking for is the change within that treatment to kind of start visualizing um, the, the change uh, for the patient throughout uh, treatment in, in, in reference to mirror therapy, which is the, the standard for therapy for, mirror, for phantom limb pain today. Um, so just to give you an idea, so versus playing a soccer game in a virtual world, uh, the, the mirror therapy group needs to uh, situate a full leg in front of a mirror where the amputated leg is in the other side, so the mirror between the legs, uh, and the full leg is moving the toes. Um, very, um, very small range of motion in that treatment, uh, and you're kind of relying on the, on the mirror reflection to visualize to your brain that the other side, the amputated side, is moving, and the result in that is reduced pain. That's already a proven method. 
Um, and so we're trying to replicate that uh, as a gateway for rehabilitation. Fantastic. That This is <laughs> such a great, uh, I'm getting goosebumps just listening to the stories because these are such fantastic use cases. Um, now, what's the goal over the next maybe uh, 12 months? Where, where are you hoping to take this technology? Uh, so another great question. Um, and so we're all running. We uh, so our the employment employment aspect, the assistive device, uh, is very close to market. We're actually going to be offering it uh, very soon to pre-sale, uh, hoping to start sales direct through our website later this year, uh, and then harness those distributors that we're already in contact with to uh, specifically in the U.S. to apply this product to Medicare, Medic to, to get full reimbursement in 10 states for individuals with no regulatory uh, process um, through Medicare, Medicaid, and the Veterans Administration. Uh, and so that's our goal, uh, to, to close those contracts and to start selling. This is an assistive device, getting the feedback, the data from our users so that we can better uh, articulate the, the change aspect and start offering um, the app um, connected to that that shows you the data. Um, and and that could be how, how long you've used uh, your motion to control a smart TV, to control a phone or a computer throughout the day. Uh, and, you know, making that data set bigger. Uh, like, like I said, the, a lot of data sets out there are image-based uh, and they're very large and you can purchase them in order to develop an algorithm since we're working with, a, uh, with the ends of the spectrum of people that can move too little, too much. Um, then we're creating the data set, a very unique data set. And um, we know that with that, we can cover the middle of the mass market um, as a hands-free application. So that's where we're starting and that's our goal in the next 12 months. Um, we are also, um, we're also working towards, uh, at the same time that we started sales, working towards uh, replicating what we started with Sheba in uh, other medical facilities in order to be um, past FDA device level one or device level one exempt in the beginning of 2023 for sale uh, on the medical uh, rehabilitation side. Fantastic. So initial goal is to be more, uh, uh, you don't necessarily have to go through FDA approval because it's a variable, it's an assistive device. So yeah. you'll bypass that just to sort of go to, go to market and start get, gathering that data. And then over the yeah. longer term, you'll get the FDA approval based on the data set that you're developing now. Is that, did I understand uh, that correctly? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, you understand perfect. that perfectly. And our vision is to meet you right when you're about to get out of the hospital in the rehabilitation center. Um, have you used this as a tool from home to get uh, to to track your motion and see how rehabilitation is going? And if you need this for a long term, then you can keep using the assistive device uh, for for the um, for the duration. And so we see this as an arc. We're just starting from the end, uh, from the easy right. access. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so now what's the longer term vision uh, uh, for six degrees? Uh, where do you hope to take this in, let's say, three to five years or even beyond that? So this is something that's, that I'm always excited about. Uh, we, we have the privilege of designing something for a very specific uh, market with both financial and social impact, uh, but then applying it to the mass market. And so we see our uh, solution uh, and starting out in our device and our hardware, but growing where the algorithm can be embedded in other wearables that uh, maybe these companies have other uh, other devices such as phones, computers, uh, tablets, um, virtual gaming devices. And now with their wearable device, they can control that device touch-free with a combination of voice and motion 
uh, allowing people to do really a full range, which is an imperative in this uh, in, in this uh, health crisis that we're going through. We're learning that people want to be more distanced, uh, not touch a lot of things, and and so this opens a whole new world, a whole new platform that um, uh, that can be used through a solution like this. Uh, and so our vision, uh, as I said, is uh, for, for our focus, for our medical focus, is to meet you outside of the rehabilitation uh, and allow you uh, remote rehab and then uh, access to technology th uh, throughout life if you require um, uh, fortitude after rehab. Uh, but basically the application would be licensing this um, through our small uh, use cases of, of gaming and medical and uh, of controlling maybe a vehicle and, and so on, uh, applying this for licensing for bigger companies that might want to take this into gaming, into um, driving, into, uh, you know, controlling drones and others through motion for the mass market. Fantastic. No, this has been, uh, that, that's such a great vision to sort of go after. It, it is a big vision. So, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that's, uh, that's uh, um, you know, uh, I, I think uh, it'll take a lot of fortitude and a lot of sort of uh, hard work to get there. But uh, I commend you. I think you, you've already done some amazing work and uh, uh, wish you all the luck in the world to uh, achieve that big goal. So uh, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story with us. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure. I always love talking about what we do and it's great having a great conversationalist on the other side. Uh, so thank you for inviting us. And and I look forward to talking to uh, people viewing this video uh, and kind of expanding the partnership as we go. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.